Hey everybody, welcome back to Hero Hero Go Show. I am your host, Bo Ranstell. With me yet again, the the estimable, the uh, the attractive, uh, the the genetically powerful, Derek Bourgeois. <laughs> Uh, I am Doctor Doom. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, ruler of Latvia, um, and and friend to Doombots everywhere. Uh, we are, of course, in the the midst of the One Miss Call series here on Hero Hero Go Show, um, and and we're cu- kind of bringing in for a landing. So we've got a couple of finales ahead of us. Uh, you know, obviously, we we talked about One Miss Call parts one and two, those films. And uh, then we we kind of detoured, thanks to some listeners who were kind enough to uh, hip us to um, a place where we could get our hands on uh, the One Miss Call television series. And uh, if if you're listening to this show on the regular, you will know that last episode we talked about the first five episodes of that. And so tonight we're going to talk about the last five episodes um in in brief like a synopsis format but also just kind of examining this as a piece of television uh and uh and then next episode in two weeks will be uh one miss call final appropriately named because it will it will conclude this series uh which i'm excited because i've held off on watching one miss call final until we finish talking about this series so I now feel like a weight is off my shoulders uh, a bit, Derek. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, like I said, I started the last episode. I haven't went back to it since then, though, because I wanted to finish this series. And boy, did we finish it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. It So, you know, we, we talked a little bit uh, last time. Uh, about the secret origins of one missed call. And I do wonder if in the extended version, whether there's a novel or not in the extended version of this story, this kind of feels like what the book would have been to some degree, as opposed to the movie, like Miike's movie, it feels very, very much Takashi Miike. You know, yeah. it, it, it feels like him doing a, a fun house kind of movie um, as opposed to this, which feels much more plot and story driven than that does to me. Yeah, it, it dwells more into like a, you know, I'm kind of glad that it didn't go the way of one missed call in some senses, especially when we get to the first the few final episodes. And, you know, it's kind of like a supernatural giallo film because there's red herons galore in this whole series. And it, it doesn't stop after the where we stopped off, and you know, it has a mixture of different subplots that, you know, it's like crazy when it goes into those when we get into them. But uh, I had a ball with this, and I'm kind of throwing my cards on the table. It was a ball watching the show, and you know, uh, I haven't watched it since we last recorded for a while. And then when I started watching, it, it was like saying hello to an old friend again. I love that about the show. You know, I was glad to see these characters and where they went again when I restarted the series from where I left off. And, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. You know, we're uh, I'm curious to see. I could see it being like a book adaptation of this series, you know? Oh, for sure. Like, the, it, if you were going to do a novelization of One Missed Call based on any piece of material, like, the, the TV show would be the easiest. 
It was yeah. like that's going to get you to novel length. Uh, the Mike movie is a novella at best. Um, so anyway, let's jump into it because when last we left our heroes, Derek, we had um, Sakaya in the classroom just uh, put, like ghosting out amongst all the girls with uh, Yumi and Sindo and Johnny Walnuts, aka Yamashita. Um, you know, in that crew, uh, running to the classroom to check out what's going on with Sakaya and, uh, who, by the way, is force choking the, the daughter of the, the principal of the school, uh, a girl named Tomoka and Sakaya says in like this demon voice, like no one's going to touch the sacrifice. And th- like briefly has this red rose tattoo on her forehead and stuff. And uh, naturally, as soon as Sendo sees this go down, he just passes the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's great. Yeah. Send like I, I kind of want a show that's nothing but the adventures of Sendo. Uh, yeah, and- like a prequel series, you know, like. Or, or yeah or yeah well yeah i guess you can't so obviously we're going to spoil a lot of this show that you can't really find anyway so kind of who cares um so anyway so sakai wakes up in the the infirmary she doesn't remember a thing johnny walnuts uh ends up sending sendo out of the room and sakaya is like oh hey i think i i've been protected by a spirit essentially because i'm the sacrifice and so you know you can't touch this doom 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 can't touch this <laughs> and so there we catch up with yumi and uh tokume watch as they start to try to kind of you know pull the case together because again in the last set of episodes we learned all about uh the this group of guys that went on a uh a, a trip into the mountains when an earthquake hit and they got lost or stranded and you know it there was a mysterious mother and daughter that were never found and that kind of thing um and so uh Johnny Walnuts ends up calling Yumi up for kind of a date and as soon as Sindo hears this, because uh, I, I was secretly hoping the whole time that Sindo and Yumi were going to end up together, uh, instead of all these girls just desperately falling in love with men that were clearly, you know, teachers and parental figures. <laughs> but yeah. eh, what are you going to do? And But he overhears this thing with the data, is kind of giving her some shit about it. But he ends up taking uh, Yumi to the hospital where Saito, who we met in the last episode, he was like one of the secret members of this mountain trip. And he had like a secret girlfriend because like all the whole deal with the one missed call curse is um, either the children or the thing that you love the most is kind of what this ghost takes away from you. And when they went to, when Yumi and Sendo went to question Saito the first time, he was like, I don't need nothing and I don't need nobody. And they're like, all right, I guess, you know, I guess you're immune to the cell phone curse. And then he immediately goes to, you know, his girlfriend's apartment 
and uh, is like, you're the best thing that ever happened to me, and then immediately ring. <laughs> um, so anyway, she ended up uh, getting attacked, and so she's in the hospital. And um, he still, though, won't say what happened on the mountain. Like, he's keeping real tight-lipped about it. Uh-huh. And uh, finally, Yumi goes to meet Johnny Walnuts at the one bar that we we go to on this show. <laughs> Apparently, the, the, the twin the, the Twin Peaks bar, as we call it. Yeah, the the Red Room, and uh, Sendo also is hanging out there. There's kind of a fun uh, directorial joke where he is revealed uh, later in the scene. Um, it, would, it would have been great if there was actually like a bedroom scene like this. Too yeah oh my god if only if only this was like a thirst style you know sendo's just like literally lying between them <laughs> and um so yeah the, there it, we get a little bit of a flashback because a lot of, obviously as we're coming into the back nine of this show it's gonna start to answer a few questions although as you said, we are going to have a number of red herrings thrown uh, in front of us here. But we do see that Yumi, um, in a flashback, like l searching for her sister Ami and, and, and finding her cell phone. And it's her sister in this kind of vision that she's having this dream. Uh, it's her sister asking Yumi for help. And she kind of wakes up in the uh, the Tokume watch office and is like, holy shit, you know, perhaps my sister is, is trying to contact me. Um, and then Yumi and Sendo end up going to uh, Nagano, which is uh, the, the town nearby where the, the guys got lost in the first place. So they're kind of going to investigate what happened when these dudes went missing. Yeah, it, you know, like the whole mountain thing. All I thought about was like the ritual. The, the angle. Oh, the I was, uh, I I was full ravenous. I was like, did they eat that mother and daughter? And that, it turns out that's not what happened. But either that or wrong, the new wrong turn movie. <laughs> right now, they're just part of uh, some secret society up in the woods that yeah. they can't talk about um robert the bruce shows up at their dinner table yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh that wrong turn movie i i don't know quite how i feel about it there are things i genuinely like about it and there's some stuff that i'm like i i don't know that this was exactly what i want out of this kind of movie you know but it's interesting yeah, I needed more Matthew Modine with a silver fox here, that's for sure. No kidding. I was like, where have you been, Matthew Modine? Mm -hmm. Apparently cruising Boca, picking up the ladies. Hell yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of picking up the ladies, Saito and his bae are on the hospital roof. Uh, and her name is Satsuki. And she's like, hey, I can't be with you anymore. Uh, cause I understand that what there's something between us and I'm trying to save you from a life of pain and loneliness and that kind of thing. And he's like, no, no, no. You, like I, I, my life was shit before I met you. So whatever happens, I, I want to be with you. And, and he vows that he's going to save her, 
but then the cell phone uh the one miss call ringtone plays on a phone in his pocket and it's uh his you know his girlfriend sasuke from the future of course like gasping and dying so Mm -hmm. she's on the fucking clock now and uh we we talked to the reporter who covered the rescue a guy named like enuma i think is his name something like that and he uh he says look we found these guys but i gotta be i gotta be real with you they did not look all that happy to be rescued like clearly some shit went down uh prior to uh them being picked up and uh, they they look uncomfortable i think maybe one of them fucked one of the other ones is probably what happened but all babies them yeah yeah uh you know uh i aquino is definitely an alpha um anyway but what he really says is that uh the the mother and daughter that went missing the woman owned a flower shop which makes you think huh all these red tattoo or rose tattoos have been popping up maybe that's that's a thing uh which is a hundred percent not the deal but it's fun it's a it's a good red herring yeah and um so the editor whose name i can never remember gets called out by one of the girls who works at uh tokame watch uh who i refer to as posh spice yeah uh for uh trying to protect yumi by scaring everybody off the case and he's like well do all of you want to die is that what you want i'm trying to save all of you uh but of course they are undeterred derek tokyo watch is not going to allow something like a curse get in the way of uh get between them and the the truth yeah they're like fuck that ghost curse we're gonna find the truth and put it on the news yo yeah, they are kind of my favorite thing about the show is every every time you end up with the full like Tokume Watch group, something stupid is going to happen. Oh, especially later when they all band together to get revenge or like Dude, vengeance. <laughs> we'll we'll get to it, but there's like a surprise cameo where I'm like, "What are you guys doing here?" And we'll get to that. I want to spoil that. Um, (laughs) there's some ridiculous shit, but anyway, uh, so there's that little moment between the editor and her Sendo is checking over the official report, uh, on the earthquake and ends up grabbing a list of the survivor names and pocketing it. And when he meets Yumi, he's like, Hey, they didn't have, uh, any, any real evidence. They didn't have anything we didn't know other than this other daughter that survived, was given away to relatives when the father died and Mm -hmm. right so saito back to him uh there's a bit of a scare scene where he has a vision of this like bloody woman grabbing his arm but it turns out it's just his plain old girlfriend in her hospital bed and he decides he's going to help by getting rid of the phone which he does by throwing it in a laundry bin at the hospital where it's like immediately picked up, thrown on a truck and taken away. Yeah. But we know how that usually ends up with these 
type of phones that are cursed. <laughs> right. Like, curses have call forwarding is what we learn here because as soon as he goes down into the lobby of this hospital, there's a, a cool scene where he looks around and suddenly no one's around and this public phone on the wall starts ringing. So of course he picks it up and uh, you know, it's, it's the message from before again. And then all of a sudden he's back in sort of the real world where everybody is milling around him again. And they're like, Hey, you need to come with us because your girlfriend is starting to circle the drain. And they run upstairs and sure enough, she's dying. Like there's the rose tattoo on her palm and that kind of thing. So Saito is in desperate straits here. Yeah, he is. Right. So he calls Yumi and Sendo and says, Hey, uh, her time is up at eight o'clock. I need your help. And Sindo is like, listen, I'm going to go see what's up with Saito. You need to stay here because with everything that's been going on and, and the fact that this curse now seems pretty legit, um, you are going to regret pushing any further, you know, whether it's the curse or information that you don't want to know now is the time to stop. And she's like, fuck that shit. I'm coming with you. Uh, and so uh, also we, we discovered that the editor of uh, Tokume Watch has a giant file on this earthquake that he's been keeping under wraps. So more on that later. Yeah. So uh, Yumi and Sendo go to meet Saito and he tells most of the story of what happened on the mountain, which is. Hey, after this earthquake, we got lost. We were hungry. Uh, we didn't have any toilet paper. We were out there for days. It took us about, oh, 45 minutes to just go totally feral up there. And then this Sakaki family is their name. They, the, the ones who went missing. It's just a woman and her daughter eating a bunch of ginger snaps or something. And these guys get one look at these cookies and they're like, we got a <laughs> Yeah, it's a whole group of cookie monsters. <laughs> and they're just like, M, M is for murder. And they just mm -hmm. kill this poor woman. And of course, the daughter uh, sees them murder uh, her mother and goes running. And so the guys chase after her. And she ends up just kind of falling down this ravine and dying that way. Kind of takes a header. Yeah. And Saito is like, there's one other thing, though, that I got to tell you. And then before he can get it out, the his phone rings. And Sindo's like, wait a second. It's only 730. Why is the phone ringing? And he, he says, uh, Saito says, you know, I've come to a, real, a realization. Satsuki is going to be safe if I die instead of her. I'll see you guys later. And he turns around and then just books ass and jumps off the roof. Yeah, right in front of them. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's awesome. And, uh, and yeah, uh, so Satsuki, meanwhile, wakes up and is like, hey, I feel great. Where's Saito? Meanwhile, Whoa. out the window is him just going, ah. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh and they anyway they check his phone sendo like picks up his phone and it, the the message he hears on the phone is him saying hey if i if i die she'll be okay yeah. and uh and so end of episode six and so on to episode seven where johnny walnuts and sakaya are chit-chatting um about like hey uh you know you're kind of a creepy girl what's up mm -hmm. with you anyway and she's like nothing <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm <laughs> paraphrasing obviously but uh anyway all the other kids are have stopped coming to school because everyone thinks sakai is kind of a freak and Yumi interrupts a meeting where the principal is being hassled by his staff to do something about the fact that all these kids are basically either leaving the school. The parents are worried like the place is in dire straits because of this, you know, potential curse running around this private school. Yeah. The scientist teacher and her, like his, uh, the principal's like, I don't even know if she's a teacher or what is she is she's like a secretary I think. yeah she's like an administrative assistant or something and and she's not really important to the she plays more of a role in these episodes uh but even still i can't quite remember what her name is i've got it somewhere in my notes but she's not a major character i call i later called her scientist lover yeah yeah she's <laughs> again one she is a high school age girl who falls in love with the teacher and just can't get the fuck over it yeah uh to anyway we'll get to her twisted sordid tale and anyway so yumi is like hey i know what happened with you and your pals on this mountain and fyi saito is now dead and Akino is like, hey, I don't know anything about it. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, he kind of, you know, basically lays out here, I can't ever admit to any of this because if I do, it would destroy this school. And I've worked all my life to build this school into a very prestigious private institution. Mm -hmm. But while he's you know kind of bargaining with yumi it turns out that his daughter tomoka has been eavesdropping and he runs out is like oh my god father and you know takes off yeah i think it was during like that conversation where he's like oh your own daughter could be hurt and he's like i don't care i don't want to go save the school <laughs> yeah he no he he totally throws her under the bus because you're right yumi puts it to him where she's like, do you want to save your daughter or do you want to save this school? And he's like, well, I mean, if you put it like that. Yeah. And that's where Tomoka yeah. is like, hey, man, I'm your daughter. Uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and so uh, she, after she hauls ass, we get a, a, a breakaway scene with Tokabe Watch which is fine by me anytime this happens um, where they're just kind of trying to figure out, you know, they're trying to put the, the case together, pulling out all the threads. And while they're kind of conjecturing and, and spitballing, Yumi gets a call from this reporter back at Nagano 
and he's like, oh, hey, I forgot to tell you that way back, you know, 10 years ago when this happened, that there was uh, this guy who worked for Toto, Toto Publications, which is who owns Tokame Watch, uh, a guy that they called the Razor, who was out here asking questions. And Yumi's like, son of a bitch, the editor has been invest like he investigated this way back in the day. And, and all I yeah, and all I picture from his nickname is he's Razor Ramon now for the rest of the episode. Sure. Well, yeah, he's <laughs> I, I like the fact that uh, you know, he's this old hard nosed reporter who's gone soft in his old age and just wants to play it safe, you know? Um, yeah. there's like genuinely good character work in this show it's at times incredibly over the top like all the stuff with like oyama the nerdy guy is really uh -huh. cartoonishly nerdy uh and it's very silly at times but like all of these characters kind of have their moments here and there where they they're a little bit more than just the two-dimensional characters like this editor is kind of a rich character uh, just like I think Sendo is, and and a lot of these characters are even even somebody like Saito, who is this like super successful businessman who's lived all his life being kind of cold and and practical, and then finds love only to sacrifice himself uh, to, to save, save her. That love. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a wonderful little uh, character arc, and uh, and you know, again, it's one of the pleasures of of watching this show. Uh, is is to see these arcs and when when tokame watch confronts the editor you know once yumi is like hey he's he's known about this shit all along he pulls out his box of evidence and is like all right here's what i know not only did you know these dudes get pulled off this mountain without this mother and daughter but before the father committed suicide though you know the one the uh sakaki before he committed suicide, he was investigating these guys. Like he was kind of doggedly hunting uh, these guys for information about his wife and child. And then uh, he mysteriously turns up dead from suicide and that this was likely a murder. And uh, so we've got yet another piece of, of the mystery and one that is actually true. We're going to get, like we were talking about, lots of red herrings, but this is legit that uh, this dude was um, getting close to the truth, you know, getting close to these guys, yeah. very powerful men. And so we get a little bit of Sindo mystery here where we see him burning that list of survivor names that he cribbed from the evidence uh, back in Nagano. And then he goes to visit uh, this woman in the hospital that we don't really know and we learn that he uh that that this woman is likely associated with this last survivor who we don't know mm -hmm. so uh we'll we'll get back to that for sure so then we um we go over to tomoka uh who is the principal's daughter um she's trying to get her phone back from her uh her father akino and they start to kind of struggle. They're having a, you know, just a old fashioned father daughter fight. What with him just saying that he would sacrifice her, uh, for the school. 
And so she was understandably upset. And as they are struggling, the phone uh, starts ringing with the one missed call ringtone. And she listens to the message, and it's the sound of a gunshot. And she's like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm going to get shot. And she runs off. And then Aquino sees that she has until 4 p.m. that day. Because the, the one missed call ghost is not necessarily uh, evenly distributing days. Some mm-hmm. people get three or four days. Some people get like 25 minutes. It's just the, the cruelty of fate. Uh, and so Yumi and, uh, the editor end up meeting and he's, he's like, look, I all, here's some things I know about you. Your sister went missing 10 years ago and she, she ends up, Yumi does leaving her meeting with the editor to go meet Johnny Walnuts who had a relationship with Yumi's sister, Ami. And she, Yumi basically says like, oh, I've always had a crush on you. And then she has a dream about uh, like saying she wished her sister would disappear and stuff. And this will all come into more focus in, in the final couple of episodes. Um, but there's a lot of business with her and her sister and, and Yamashita, a.k.a. Johnny Walnuts. Johnny Walnuts. Yeah. And so, who, by the way, after I started calling them that, him that, doesn't show up with Walnuts anymore in the show. And it made me feel a little, uh, uh, like I questioned myself a little bit uh, as I was thinking about continuing to call him Johnny Walnuts. But then I realized how much fun I have saying the, the name Johnny Walnuts, and I decided I didn't care. Yeah, uh, it sticks. Yeah. Uh, besides that, I, w- I would love to have the name like, Hey, Johnny Walnuts. Hey, look at you, Johnny Walnuts. Hey, Johnny, what's going on? You got some walnuts, yo? Hey, look at this little motherfucker right here. Johnny Walnuts. What you got in your pockets? It's a, he would probably be called Johnny Walnuts because he kept his hands in his pockets all the time playing a little pocket pool. Yeah. Oh, that's Johnny Walnuts. Hey, but I'm not shaking that hand, Johnny Walnuts. <laughs> i know where that's been <laughs> it's been in on me <laughs> yeah yeah it's been in an underage girl you monster um anyway so i you know uh our our principal meanwhile is uh <laughs> ends up stopping to tie his shoe and gets grabbed by some ghost hands and there's yeah, a this scene's awesome. Yeah, it's a really good scare scene where he's kind of seeing ghosts in the hallway, and then he leans back against some double doors, and these like bloody hands slam against the glass. It's really good. Like the show, at least once an episode, like there's kind of a formula to these where it's like, okay, here's the character that's probably gonna die this episode. We're gonna have at least one or two kind of creepy scare scenes, and then, you know, our cliffhanger at the end. And, uh, yeah, this is one of the better scare sequences, I think. I think this is all really good. Yeah, I I dug it a lot. And he ends up going through this door into some kind of, like, warehouse or garage or something. Where he sees pretty much all the Sakaki clan dead and pointing to 
what turns out to be a like vision of him shooting his daughter Tomoka in the head. And <laughs> he goes back into his office and he's like, Oh my God, thank God it was only a dream. And then he sees blood on his hands and freaks out all over again. <laughs> uh, it's, it, like you said, it's a pretty good one. Meanwhile, Derek back at Tokume watch. They are off to investigate because they're now on the hunt to like, we are going to confirm every fact of this case. Now that we know it goes all the way back to what happened on that mountain and what happened to the Sakaki father. And Yumi goes to find the daughter and they know that a family took this missing Sakaki girl in. But as soon as this girl entered high school, um she took off like her adopted family never saw her again and of course this is the moment where yumi's like do you have a picture of her and surprise surprise it's sakaya oh yeah supernatural carrier herself yeah and so johnny walnuts goes to the school to confront his old pal nishimura about uh this rose that he keeps like under glass uh, like he, he keeps this, uh, you know, greenhouse full of these carefully tended roses and stuff. And he's like, listen, man, you're covering for, uh, uh, you know, Aquino and you need to decide if your allegiance is to the students or to him. And Yumi catches up with him and is like, Hey, you're not going to fucking believe this. Sakaya is that little girl that uh is the one surviving member of the sakaki family and so they go to find her and yumi is trying to convince her like hey i just want to help all i want to do is help you and johnny walnuts is trying to stop uh sakaya from running away from them but then he gets grabbed by ghost arms and uh (laughs) and pulled up and up to the ceiling and shit uh which is pretty fun yeah, I dug that too. It just came out of nowhere. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And so she gets away. And meanwhile, uh, Tomoka is on the roof of the school just listening to her iPod. Probably Hero Hero Go Show. And she gets on her iPod a one miss call. Yeah, I never seen that coming before. Dude, actually, this is one of my favorite moments in the whole show because she freaks out. She starts running out of the school and while she's passing by people she starts hearing the ringtone playing on like car horns and other people's cell phones and even people like practicing instruments outside are Uh are playing that song it's really cool i really dug it yeah it's fucking cool there's one question i have though because you know it's actually never really answered what is the significance of the ringtone in this one? Because they don't really explain it. Did you uh, see the movie, Derek? Yeah, I did. I think I think there's your answer. I I don't know. Like I I I was wondering that too. At the end of this, I was like, so why that ringtone? Because I thought there there's a moment where I was like, oh, so this is where like Yumi will be calling Ami, and that's the ringtone that'll be playing. But that never uh-huh. happened. So I don't know. It's a fine question. 
I think it's just like, hey, uh, yeah, that song from that movie was pretty creepy. How about we use that kind of? Yeah. I mean, I, sure. I, I, I think that's really it. But anyway, so she ends up running to like the music room and hiding in there and where the piano starts playing this ringtone. And while, while she's being terrorized by every musical instrument known to man, Sendo shows up at Akino's office and is like, look, you can cut the shit. We know you killed Sakaki. And I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn, do the honorable thing and turn yourself in. And uh, Yumi also is like, hey, we also know that one of you assholes was pretending to be Sakaki at this gas station, but one of our guys at Tokame Watch like knew that uh, Mr. Sakaki had this super special watch, which you didn't have. So... Mm-hmm uh akino uh just kind of strolls by and they go in pursuit of him into this big warehouse slash garage or whatever that they've got attached to the school and uh sakaya thought a school would have yeah i was gonna say whoever thought whoever thought a school would have a warehouse in it i just couldn't figure out what the purpose of this room was other than to have this scene you know (laughs) yeah it's like it's like it's like that scene in pieces where they have a water bed in the school right or just every whispering corridors movie where there's a secret basement slash room where you know young girls go to have slightly lesbian relationships with one another hell Um, yes uh man those oh there's a new one oh i'm so happy uh, at any rate, we'll be covering that in the not-too-distant future. Richard Glenchmed will be back to defend his title against the Whispering Gorders films. Uh, but anyway, so we're we're in this kind of warehouse-slash-garage, and Sakaya's got Tomoka at knife point. And this is where, like, Sendo kind of rushes in. It's like Sendo and Yumi, uh, Akino, and then, of course, uh, Sakaya and... Uh, Tomoka being held uh, captive there and Sindo pulls a gun and we get this flashback from Sakaya where she's like thinking about her life prior to her family being murdered by all these people where she's like oh my god like I had an actual like father who I cared about and then to parallel that when Tomoka like calls out for her father that triggers a memory in in Sakaya of seeing her father dead and her crying out to her father and uh, so there's you know a moment of like empathy i think between Sakaya and uh and Tomoka uh-huh um but it, it doesn't really matter cuz Sakaya gets possessed and then makes uh Akino grab Sendo's gun from him and aim it at his own daughter. And the episode ends with a close-up of the gun and Akito firing two shots. Double tap. Right. Only only way to be sure. But as episode eight begins, Derek, we learn that Akino has bitten his tongue and kind of broken the spell long enough 
to shoot the gun into the air instead of at his daughter. And Sakaya, not to be, uh, you know, uh, stopped by something as simple as someone not wanting to be possessed, uh, just grabs the gun herself and aims it at, uh, at, uh, uh, Tomoka and, uh, or no, 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 I'm sorry. Aims at a, a, a Kino and makes him conf- confess. And Sindo mm-hmm. has a rare moment of heroism here where he steps in front of the gun and is like, don't do this. Do not kill him. I'm, <laughs> I'm the police. I'm here. I will get justice for you. And this is where we get the flashback where Sakaya thinks of her father and, and releases the gun. So like curse over one wonders. Maybe, but they still have that one last survivor. Right. And also three episodes. So, you know, it can't be over yet. And so Yumi kind of wonders aloud to Johnny Walnuts uh, about her sister going missing at the same time that all this business was going on with the Sakaki family and their murders. And Johnny Walnuts has a picture of a guy named Sonata. And Yumi's like, Sonata, huh? You know what? You let me take care of this. And so Yumi takes this picture to Sendo. And she's like, listen, I know that Sonata is your buddy on, on the police force, but if you don't come clean and, or more particularly, if he doesn't come clean, I'm going to give all of this information to the press and we'll see how it all shakes out from there. And she's like, listen, I got to be straight with you. 10 years ago, I was supposed to be this like curse sacrifice the, uh, that the school, uh, you know, has this legend about, but instead of it being me, my twin sister, Ami took my place. And so what we learn is that Yumi has been living with all this guilt over, you know, having been the person that was supposed to be at the school when Ami went missing. Yeah. It's really interesting, especially, well, I'm not going to spoil it yet, but when the reveal of the last episode happens, you're like, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this is a good character moment for both these characters because she gives all this information out to Cinda, you know? Yeah, if <laughs> it can't happen because of the end of the the series, but I would absolutely watch a long-running, like, Sindo and Yumi X-File show of having them just kind of bounce off each other and, and be weird. Yeah. Hell, you never know. Maybe yeah. they're like... Maybe. Maybe. You know, you're right. Never say never. Uh, again, but, but, but it wouldn't be a Yumi show anymore. I'm no, gonna, it, no, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get, yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so, um, when uh, Sendo is is like, look, we're, I agree with you. We're gonna run this to ground, and we're gonna find the truth together. And that mm-hmm. means 
finding out what happened to your sister as well. And so he takes her to meet Ritsuko in the hospital, who is the old woman, or not old, but older woman that we saw earlier uh, that Sendo visited. And sure enough, in comes Sonata. And before Yumi can be like, you're, he's like, yes, I know who you are, Yumi. And she's like, oh, the fuck? And so they end up taking a walk and this guy, probably my favorite, like of these, you know, evil characters, this is absolutely my favorite story behind any of these Uh where Sonata is like, look, man, my wife is dying. She's only got about three months to live. So you're right. My life has been total hell because of carrying this secret. I want to unburden myself. I want to do the right thing. Just let me wait until she goes so she doesn't have to live with that kind of shame that she can die with like believing that I'm a good person, essentially. And, and Yumi rightfully is like, don't, you're a selfish dick. Like, that's not how this works. You don't get to be, you, you don't get to do the right thing on your own timeline, you know? Uh, but Sendo is kind of like, you know, I kind of get it. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's really interesting though. I like that. Like, I want to do the right thing, but I also want to respect my wife, but that's also not really the right thing to do, but I also totally understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually really, this is actually a very interesting character for this show because well, it's revealed later, like he didn't really have nothing to do with some of the shit that went down. Really? Yeah. Uh, He was, he was the one that was kind of like, man, this is not how any of this should go down. And, yeah, and yeah. I I, I kind of like that aspect of it when we get that reveal, but uh, you know, I also <laughs> I like that he has like this relationship with Sindo that we see even a flashback where you know Sindo grabs a lighter later and it's kind of like a battle royale flashback. <laughs> hey, Sindo, here's a light, you know, because <laughs> Sindo's just chain smoking thirty five cigarettes during that flashback. Yeah, I mean it's worth because it, it it it's worth just kind of chasing that thread because it comes up soon enough but yeah the the whole idea is that sendo was after some politician and was getting a lot of heat from his superiors like getting a lot of pressure to give up his investigation and sonata was the one person on the force that was like no 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 fuck that you do whatever you have to t- to do and you be as persistent and dogged as you need to 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 get to justice yeah and you know and that's sort of what seals sonata you know i mean that's that's what may or uh sendo that's sort of what makes sendo you know yeah it may right it makes him sympathetic to sonata's plight but it also puts him in that position where he's like i can't i can't cover for him you know Mm -hmm. i've got to do the right thing Anyway, yeah. it's really it's it's really good. Um, in fact, I think that's like the next scene. But um, there is a, a again kind of a nice scare moment where Yumi hears some ghost kids laughing, laughing uh, 
by this bridge in a park and you see some ghost footsteps walk away that's kind of fun yeah yeah i dug that a lot <laughs> yeah uh then uh in aniko gets uh the one miss call uh in his hospital room and then in a very juan kind of move we just have ghosts appear under his blanket and grab him yeah and it's not just one it's two yeah i think there are more than that i think there are two or three of them under there and it could be three because i think it i think it's the family at this point yeah so (laughs) yeah but he wakes up oh oh my god i just had a dream that uh, i was covered by sakakis and uh and tomoka by the way is there and she's like you know father uh and then we cover cut over to yumi telling johnny walnuts uh, about all of you know their recent discoveries with uh sonata and his wife and everything and uh in a in what will turn out to be an extremely ironic move johnny walnuts is like look you really don't want to know the truth about what happened to ami you really want to you, you want to pull back on the throttle here and while johnny walnuts is kind of giving her the business about this she kind of sees her sister behind him all ghostly like and then she runs off and then she trips just before this big ass wooden beam would have hit her right in the noggin and and crushed her damn skull which is one of those things in retrospect that i'm like eh, is that just coincidence i guess or is this, I mean, I guess, I guess that's the sister, you know, the sister in quotes, uh, coming after her anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Cause we still, we still have that scene earlier where, uh, from the few episodes before where, you know, she's getting stalked by this copycat serial killer and she gets the, 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 the call actually warns her about it her being killed by this thing earlier in the so um, it's fucking with her mind <laughs> right it's just a very inconsistent ghost um yeah. but so tokabe watch uh celebrates having cracked the case and the editor uh is a little peeved because he's like i feel like sendo just squeezed us for information and it kind of left us you know high and dry um meanwhile back in her hospital room uh ritsko gets a one missed call on her laptop uh and she freaks out a little bit but then sonata comes in and she's like oh uh no there's nothing wrong with my laptop um you know what i would really like i would like some cocky <laughs> and he's like what and she's like i would like some cocky and now uh you remember like when on our honeymoon and as our subtitles pointed out, this is a Japanese persimmon. Yeah, I did. I, I cracked up laughing because it actually told us what a cocky was. Right. Listen, dumb Americans. Here is what a cocky is. Um, but yeah, so she's like, yeah, go get a cocky. He's like, a cocky? And he's like, yeah, yeah, please, a cocky, please. And so he takes off and uh, it turns out that uh she's got you know obviously a terminal illness of some kind and as as he's leaving she gives him a real like by the way sonata you know thank you 
And he's like, for getting cocky? And she's like, yes, yes, just for that. But, you know, really for everything. And so we watch him leave, and Johnny Walnuts is there and, and starts following him, uh, being all sneaky-like. And then Sindo gets a call from Ritzko saying, like, hey, I want you to look after my husband when I'm gone. And then she hangs up, and Sindo's like, oh, shit. That doesn't sound good when the terminally ill wife of your buddy is like, hey, look after my husband when I'm gone, will ya? You're like, oh, something's about to go down. And so he calls Yumi and, and he's like, hey, you got to meet me at the hospital. Ritsuko is going to do something fucking crazy. And so Yumi at the hospital finds the, the one missed call message on the laptop. And she's like, well, we've got 45 minutes. So it's, you know. I mean, it's going to be tight, but uh, 45 minutes is pretty good. Yeah. Now, it's not just any message. It's a video, too. Where, uh, I cracked up when these giant ghost arms just come from the top of the screen and grab this old lady in this, uh, you know, the chair that she's in and just yeah, lift her up. She, and... Yeah, she's in a rocking chair like Grandma Moses. And these like they're not even like normal size arms. They're like giant fucking pale white arms. Shoop, just scoop her up and just give her like a tombstone pile driver. <laughs> well, and then when she falls from the ceiling, like the chair comes down with her, and it's all splintered. Like it is busted before it lands. Uh, it's pretty good. And uh, anyway, so. Uh, this Condarian demon comes for Ritzko at her house too. Mm -hmm. There's some good evil dead camera work, uh, before she gets got, but yeah, by the time that our heroes arrive, she's good and dead. She's got the rose on her hand. Johnny Walnuts shows up as well. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. He's just like, well, Hey, I'm here too. And he's got a video camera that he he's like hey i got here uh before you guys did and found this video camera by the way it's her talking to sonata and it's it's a really nice moment where she's like look i know you've been hiding something from me and you've been in this personal hell for a long long time but whatever it is you can put that down now like i'm when i'm gone you can you can relieve yourself of that burden mm -hmm. um which is, again, you know, there are nice little character moments kind of sprinkled throughout this show that I really like, and that's one of them. And back at Tokume Watch, uh, Sonata finally just spills it with everybody watching, uh, where he's like, yes, 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 uh, absolutely, we killed him. And it turns out uh, that Sakaki, the father, confronted Akino. And after the rest of the guys got wind of this, that like, oh, somebody knows what we did out, out on that mountain. Um, there's supposed to be a meeting between Akino and Sakaki at the school. But when the other guys find out about it, they're like, you know what? That sounds like a good time for a sure, stomp. <laughs> right. A good old fashioned romper stomper. <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, when he shows up, they just murder the shit out of him. Just straight up beat him to death. Well, actually, Aquino, who 
in the other uh, Sonata are being fucking held back from stopping them. <laughs> yeah, Sonata is especially protesting where he's like, no, 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 we don't want to hurt anybody. But it turns out that they really want to hurt somebody. And so Johnny Walnuts uh, asks about Ami. And we flash back to the murders and they discover Ami, uh, of course, Yumi's sister, in in the closet of this room when her phone rings, which is not the ringtone. That's the perfect time to do the ringtone. Yeah. And they didn't. That seems like such a missed opportunity. And, the, and when they open up this door to discover this little schoolgirl, they have like those deliverance rape eyes and like, oh no, what are they going to do to this poor little girl? Well, they're just in a blood rage, man. Like they've just murdered one person for getting wind of their crimes. And now here's another victim. But yes, you're right. There is, there is some bad juju energy flowing out of these guys. But before they can grab her, the lights go out and she slips away. And also we see like Johnny Walnuts uh, runs out, uh, you know, in present day. Um, and Sindo arrests Sonata, of course, and, and throws the cuffs on him and everything. And it's kind of a moment between the two of them because he's like, hey, you know, you're kind of my mentor, but I got to I got to arrest you. And uh, and he goes quietly, you know, he knows what's up. And then we get a, a shot of Sakaya like saying a prayer as the news reporter is like, hey, this dude Sonata was arrested. Uh, we see uh, some happy Sakaki ghosts in yeah, the picture the frame. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, fireworks are going off. C-3PO's being carried around on shoulders. <laughs> Lando's there for some reason. Hey, you old so-and-so. <laughs> we should kill that Death Star. Um, and so, yeah, it, like everybody's happy. The curse is over. Uh, but Yumi is like, the case isn't closed for me. And Sindo is like, look, you need to forget about your sister, Ami. Like, she's gone. She disappeared. You're never going to find her. And, uh, of course, this conversation is taking place at the bar where Yumi goes to the bathroom and sees her, like, twin reflected back in the mirror holding a red rose. And while Sendo is out making some time with the, you know, waitress and the hostess, uh, some glass breaks and he's like, oh, my God, let me check out your bathroom. Let me look in your women's room real quick. And, uh, and sh sure enough, like a, a ring of rose petals is on the floor, but the, the window is broken and, uh, Yumi is gone. And, uh, the other thing that happens at the end of this episode is poor Sonata is, uh, <laughs> is in his cell and gets a one missed call from a cell phone mysteriously found in his pocket. And he sees his wife standing just outside the bars of his cell. So he goes over to her and he's like, well, I guess I'm about to be murdered by a ghost, huh? And she's like, yes, honey, <laughs> I'm afraid so. But he's kind of happy. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to be with you soon. And, uh, and I, I can go peacefully. And they kind of hug through the bars 
but then she does uh, a real like room 227 on him uh-huh where all of a sudden she's uh, a, a mean monster ghost and ends up just pulling his head through the uh the bars of this jail cell like that time when i was seven and got my head stuck in the the iron rails around the pool at our apartment building Uh uh-huh uh except um i wasn't pulled all the way through and murdered horribly but uh but it did happen and so i i empathized with poor sonata but yeah he just gets yanked through uh the the bars and murdered that way and and there ends the eighth episode episode nine yeah so uh, all right so now at this point in the show i'm like so is the rest of the show just figuring out who who killed ami and that is kind of true yeah i was getting kind of scared because i'm like is this gonna end up like the season of true blood where it just ends halfway through and then they have a bunch of people talking right i was i was like eh, i don't know that there's two episodes left in this thing and i i'm going to argue a little bit that some of the twists and turns are happen so fast in these two episodes that you're like what the fuck is going on again uh but i i think it's still super fun so yeah. <laughs> that sure enough uh in at the beginning of episode nine sendo is checking out sonata's body at the jail and he's got the rose tattoo on his hand and stuff. And uh, some beat cop on the scene hands Sonata his, uh, or hands Sendo Sonata's cell phone. And he's like, ah, the curse is not yet done with us. And so then we jump over to Yumi at the school where she sees like a ghostly Ami and is running around to find her to kind of chase her. And ends up in a room with a single desk with a red rose on it. And then has a vision of choking herself and only comes to when Johnny Walnuts kind of shakes her and is like, hey, what are you doing here? And she's like, I don't know. I just kind of came to. I mean, am I leaving anything out? Because like, it's a, a rush of just like, what's going on with Yumi again? She's astral projection. Yeah, yeah, kinda. And and Sendo calls her and is like, "Hey, are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, no, uh, Johnny Walnuts. Hey, Johnny Walnuts is here. I'm fine." And but I I don't know how I got here. And he's like, "Well, listen to this. Sonata is dead as fuck." And she's like, "All right, I'm on my way back to Tokyo Watch. Meet me there." And so they head over there, and Johnny Walnuts is with them as well. And they listen to this message on Sonata's phone, which sounds like Ami's voice. And then Johnny Walnuts is like, let me hear it. And Sendo's like, wait a second. What are you doing here? <laughs> which is one of the best Sendo moments. Which is like, hey, 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 Johnny Walnuts. The fuck is going on? Like, why are you, why are you always hanging around? Get your hands yeah. out of your pants. Yeah, it's two guys. Alpha Mills is, you know, like, hey especially with yumi there you know like they're trying to it's kind of like that scene in avengers infinity war with thor and star lord you know like they're like get the fuck out of here you know i'm right. not in charge why, why are you talking like him this is how i always talk <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's it's kind of that and and when uh johnny walnuts doesn't he doesn't want to talk about why he's just now coming back to the school 
and what's led him back after all these years. And finally, Sindo just kind of throws up his hands and leaves. And then we have uh, the scene that we've been waiting for kind of between Yumi and Johnny Walnuts, where she's like, listen, I know that you were you had this relationship with my underage sister, Ami. But hey, have you ever thought having an adult relationship with me, a grown person? And he's like, eh, I don't know. I'm looking for a little bit greener banana. You know what I'm saying, Yumi? And it's kind of weird. I fucked your sister, you know? It's Yeah, it's a little weird. I kind of fucked your underage sister. And the whole time I'm going to be thinking, I remember when this was 16. You are 16 going. Right. That's his love song. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, he's, a, he's presented as kind of a hero, but johnny walnuts is a total creep in this movie mm. or in this show and uh anyway so when walnuts johnny walnuts is like hey you don't want nothing to do with a guy like me i'm too dishonest i'm too weak and so he takes off and then yumi gets a one missed call of her own except this one's like hey you're gonna get got in three days so she gets a lot more of a heads up than most people and, yeah, this, this ghost is way too nice to Yumi. Yeah, well, you know, nepotism, I guess. Yeah. So Yumi uh, goes to find Sendo to let him hear the one missed call um, because uh, the the idea is that Ami heard her confess her love for Johnny Walnuts. And yumi has this whole speech about like you know oh god i just hated my sister so much like she was so perfect and johnny walnuts loved her so much and i wish she was fucking dead mm. and Sendo's like hey 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 i'm a cop now you can't just go around saying you wanted to kill your sister because you know we are investigating the disappearance of your your sister here and that might look a little funny. Yeah, this is uh, the scene where uh, you get a, kind of a, a slip up there, uh, you and me, with uh, your poker face, per se. <laughs> yeah, 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 Yumi's poker face. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Yumi then tells uh, the group at Tokame Watch in a later scene that after ami's death she kind of hid away from everybody um because the rest of the kids were super mean to her because she broke the you know the curse rules and uh she pretty much had to like drop out of school and just go be a wander vagabond like the big lebowski or something because everyone thought she was a piece of shit for getting her sister mysteriously disappeared Oh, I would so love a big Lebowski's version of Yumi. Hey, I'm the the chick, man, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to keep the rose, man. It's what pulls the whole room together. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, she has, uh, as she's talking to Tokome Watch, she's like, it should have been me that died because I'm such a useless piece of shit. And Oyama, the nerdy guy, is like, don't ever say that. You can't think like that. Because once you go down that road, you realize that everybody's kind of worthless. 
And that's not where you want to end up, Yumi. Yeah. And uh, anyway, they're like, hey, we're going to go investigate. You you stay here. So she stays behind. And then the editor is kind of giving her a, you know, the Razor, Razor Ramon, is giving her a little chit-chat. And then she just wordlessly stands up and wanders off. And at this point, I was like, aha, she's being possessed by, you know, the spirit of her sister or something. But instead, you know, we'll get to it. But that does not seem to be what's really happening here. And uh, then, speaking of, all right, so the, here's back to this assistant lady, the, the doctor scientist or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she walks in on Nishimura in his greenhouse cutting his roses and he's like well guess this is gonna be the last time that i ever cut all these roses on account of all the murders at this school they're gonna probably shut it down and then she's like you know ever since i was a student here i've always been really really wet for you (laughs) i mean again i'm paraphrasing uh but would you mind, uh, you know, me jumping on you? And she just like throws herself against his body. And she's like, ever since I was a student, I've been in love with you. And he's got this like, oh boy, kind of look on his face. He's like, hang me on the crucifixion. Man, he does not seem pleased about any of this. And, uh, anyway, so we've got some business with, uh, Aquino. He's in the hospital, uh, after his run in with the Sakaki ghosts and also biting his tongue off or whatever. And, uh, as he's waking up, Sendo kind of fills him in on what's, uh, what's been going on with all the investigation and, uh, all that. And then he just starts choking and they have to bring in some uh some orderly so we don't get any more information out of him just yet but uh johnny walnuts is now kind of letting letting go with what happened with him and ami on that night when ami is like hey he breaks it off like the the whole deal with ami and and johnny walnuts is that even though they were having this kind of illicit relationship he breaks it off and uh ami says i'm gonna be at the school on christmas eve and don't make me be alone show up and and we can be together and as he's kind of having this you know flashback and recollection he has a vision that he's being choked and ami is calling to him to say let me out let me out of the dark so pretty good go shit yeah i dig the shit out of this yeah and sendo ends up dropping in on nishimura our our uh you know greenhouse guy but in typical sendo fashion he's like you know all these mysterious deaths have been going on pretty sure it's johnny walnuts you know what i'm saying you ever notice uh, your pal johnny walnuts being weird and then uh it turns out somebody is trying to kill Aquino in his hospital room but we don't see who that is but the show does a pretty good job of implying that it's Nishimura yeah 
And be, sure. yeah, because uh, again, we just had this drop in from Sindo, and as soon as he's like, "Hey, this case is starting to tighten up," I, I think it's Shawnee Walnuts. Next thing you know, Aquino's getting uh, getting harassed in his hospital room, and Sindo mm. then goes to goes back to Tokame Watch, who is his primary investigative tool in in this show, and. Uh, he gets a call that Aquino is missing and it's a video call. Then on the heels of that, he gets a video call from Aquino himself who is choking. And then the call goes dead. And, uh, somebody in the Tokame watch is like, Hey, there's a bunch of sheets behind him. And Sindo is like, aha, the hospital roof. That's where sheets live. And so they're off to, uh, find Aquino on the roof of the hospital who is there. He gets a, a, his own one missed call and there's a rose noose that wraps around his neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- th- so he gets murdered and Sindo checks his phone, uh, Aquino's phone that's left behind. And there's a message to Sindo saying hey i think i saw somebody but i'm not going to tell you who it was because i want to go ch- confirm it for myself and oh my god they're here ack mm-hmm. and he's like god damn it akito just type the guy's name will ya and so oyama our nerdy member of uh tokame watch goes to investigate the school on account of him having a crush on Yumi and he wants to kind of save the day for her. And he hears the ringtone of, uh, the, the one missed call curse call and follows that into a classroom that has like uh, rose petals all over the floor and whatnot. And then Ami appears behind him, but instead of murdering him, Uh, she points out the window at something we can't see, but Oyama is recording all of this on video. And then all of a sudden, Ami is gone. She disappears. Meanwhile, back at the bar, Razor Ramon is drawing a crowd uh, because for once he's been working on a case and all the girls are like, you know, it's kind of sexy when you make an effort at, you know, anything. And, mm-hmm. and here's the mistake he makes, Derek, is they're both like, oh, you're really attractive when you're working. And the bartender or the uh, bartender, not the guy bartender, but the kind of uh, waitress lady says, you know, seeing you like this if you ask me i might say yes and instead of sendo just being like really well how about we go out and have a drink after this I'm like when do you get off well i'll finish working you meet me for some coffee or something instead of that pushes immediately for the menage where he's like oh really how about you girls come with me and we'll have a good time and they're like oh and you fucking ruined it It's just, it, it's a bad move on Sendo's part is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, after he fucks up what was almost a sure thing with the waitress, um, <laughs> he uh, he gets a call from Oyama 
who's like, hey, you're not going to believe this. I know where Ami's body is buried. But before he can make his way into the bar, he gets stabbed for his trouble and ends up staggering inside with a knife buried in his gullet. Uh, tries to say something to Sendo, but dies before he can get it out. Uh huh. So poor Oyama gone. And Yumi turns up at Tokabe watch in time for everyone to examine his camera where we discover that the tape is missing. So we don't get a look at where the body was buried but they know he was searching the school, and so the team is going to go off to find Oyama's murderer. Uh, meanwhile, Sendo uh, is questioning a homeless guy who, it, like, the whole reason that Johnny Walnuts was at the school is because a teacher got hurt and it was pushed down some, uh, like, subway stairs by a homeless guy and uh good on him sendo has found this guy and is questioning him and is like so do you know this man and shows a picture and so he then confronts john sendo immediately goes to confront johnny walnuts because he's like hey i know you're the guy who hired this homeless guy to push a teacher down the stairs and get to this school. Mm-hmm. And so Johnny Walnuts is like, okay, you got me. But Nishimura, it turns out, found out about this relationship that I was having with Ami. And he made me choose between her and the school. A choice we have heard a couple of times. Uh, like Aniko had to kind of make the same choice. But by the time... so. That led to him breaking off the the relationship with Ami, which led to her being there on Christmas Eve. And he breaks down and actually goes to the school on Christmas Eve, but he just shows up five hours late in time to see Sonata driving off and he can't find Ami anywhere. And so he shows Sendo this message that brought him back to the school, which was a message from Ami dated three months ago when she's been missing for, you know, nine years and nine months. So that's what gets him back on the case. Yeah. It gets him on the ball rolling, you know? Absolutely. And so Yumi, uh, and some of the girls at Tokame watch are questioning a potential witness who might have seen who stabbed Oyama. But as soon as the the uh, witness, which is this older lady, that's like, well, she was, I don't know, about that lady's height, pointing at Yumi, and kind of wearing a black coat, kind of like Yumi's, and then the girls turn around, they're like, so did she look like her? But Yumi is suddenly gone, because, uh, you know, shit was getting hot, and she beat feet. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> we're like, oh, I'm like, oh shit! And like, this music with the reveal happens. Just like something like, do they get Claudio Simonetti to do this part of the movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And then uh, while 
they're trying to figure out where Yumi's gone. Sendo gets a call from Akino's daughter, Takoma, uh, who says, hey, you know, I just want to let you know, I saw Yumi sneaking into my dad's room, uh, you know, when, when things went, <laughs> went, went tits up with him. And also Tokame is watching, or I'm not watching, but calling to be like, hey, we're trying to find Yumi also because she took off as soon as a witness said the person who stabbed Oyama looked a hell of a lot like Yumi. Uh-huh. And that is kind of where the ninth episode ends with Sendo calling Yumi and her saying, this isn't over. And uh, here it is, Derek. The finale. The final episode of uh, the One Miss Call series, a.k.a. Chakushin Ari. And it's it starts back at Tokume Watch, where they're trying to figure out if they really believe that Yumi is guilty or not. And they get a call from uh, Nishimura saying that she showed up at the school and was attacked and so they head over to the school and nishimura is there and he's like yeah she got hit from behind somehow probably something like a hammer and they basically just retrieve yumi drag her back to tokame watch where they explain to her like hey fyi you are now the prime suspect because of this witness, uh, because of, you know, uh, Tokuma, uh, calling Sendo and Yumi just straight up slaps Sendo in the face after getting the, this list of accusations read off, uh, which is pretty good. Yeah. I dug it a lot. Like she just bitch slapped and like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Bam. And so she takes off and everybody at Tokume watch is like, well, Sendo, that was intense. What are you going to do? And he has a real hero moment here where he says, my job, I'm going to go find a killer. And so he's off to, you know, solve the mystery of, uh, Ami's disappearance and, and presumed death. And, uh, so Tokume watch is like, you know what? You're not going alone, Sendo-san. We're with you. And then, out of nowhere, Derek, you do it. I don't even want to ruin this. Please. No, you, you, you go right ahead. Oh, okay. So, our bartender, the waitress, and the hostess show up out of nowhere and are like, hey, with <laughs> Yumi and Sendo and Razor Ramon all here, Ain't nobody at our bar, so I don't know. What do you guys got going on? Murder investigation? Okay, we're with you then. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Like, I'm like, why? <laughs> but I'm just like, this is great at the same time. Oh, it's amazing. I was so happy when it happened, but it's also like... <clears throat> It's like your dentist calling you and seeing if you need any of your trees trimmed or something, you know? It's just a, that's not what you do. You, you people supply me with, you know, pretty ladies and beers and peanuts, not yeah. murder investigations. Yeah, like this is like the portal scene of Endgame. 
Right. Yes. A hundred percent. It's an on your left with with the bartenders from uh from the single bar. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. And uh anyway, so off everyone goes to the school to save the day. Um Sendo finds Yumi there who uh is like, Hey, I came here with Johnny Walnuts because we're trying to find some clues uh to who killed Ami. And she almost kills Sendo by dumping a bunch of chairs on him. And there's a great moment where he's like, see, you're trying to kill me. And she's like, if, if I were trying to kill you, I wouldn't have shouted, look out, get out of the way. You know, I was like, fair point. Yumi's right. Uh, not trying to kill Sendo. At least maybe not yet. And uh, during this scene, though, they open up a locker where they find the body of the scientist helper lady who uh, likes Nishimura. And sure enough, Yumi's cell phone is on her body in what would seem, Derek, like damning evidence. Mm -hmm. So Sendo is uh, obviously questioning Yumi pretty closely about this. And then uh, one of the beat cops who shows up uh, gives Sendo a, two pieces of, of evidence. One is a rose petal. The other is a key to a locker somewhere. And we also get the information that it is two hours before Yumi's time is up. So Yumi is taken to the police station uh, where she is held and questioned rightly. But because the cops, other than Sendo, and maybe including Sendo, are kind of stupid, she says, hey, will you uh, uncuff me so I can go to the bathroom? And he's like, sure, let me walk directly in front of you. And so she picks up a heavy-ass ashtray and clunks him in the head and knocks him out. And so she runs out of the police station to head for the school. And uh, Sendo and his police pal find the locker that fits the key. And inside, it turns out, is the tape that Oyama recorded. And they hustle over to Tokame Watch to watch it, where sure enough, the camera ends up pointing at the greenhouse, which is where, if you paid attention for even a second through the show, you pretty much know that Ami's body is buried. And uh, Oyama even goes down into the greenhouse and then Sendo is like, ah, rose tattoos. That greenhouse is full of roses. I get it now. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Sendo, you are never going to fail to impress me as a detective. Uh, turns out, though, that by the time uh, Sendo and Johnny Walnuts and everybody shows up, Yumi is already there trying to dig up Ami's body. And um, on the way over, though, there's a, a, a good scene with Sendo and Johnny Walnuts where they're trying to figure out why Ami would try to kill people as a ghost, like where the curse part of it came from. And they're like, well, you know, Johnny Walnuts uh, says, as someone who, you know, had <laughs> statutory uh, rape, uh, with this young child, I can tell you from personal experience that she seemed like, you know, she had it all going on. Like she was a really successful student, but she didn't really have any friends. And she always, uh, expressed a lot of jealousy 
that Yumi kind of got to do whatever she wanted to do and wasn't under the same kind of like academic pressure and that kind of thing. And so they're like, maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, the reason Ami is lashing out at Yumi is, uh, is because she's, she's jealous of this life, you know? Yeah. And so they, uh, Nishimura shows up where Yumi is, is digging the greenhouse up and he, we get the backstory on this, which is he was there the night of Ami's disappearance because he was into Ami and he was watching when the, the guys from the mountain expedition found her in the closet and he was the one who turned out the lights so that she could get away. But yeah. the problem, Derek, is that when she ran away, he found her and was like, I'm here to help. But he's real intense about helping her. Yeah, he's like under the giant and he just fucking chokes her. Yeah. Ends up like getting frustrated with her because she won't calm down. So he ends up just murdering her. Not, eh, I, I would say not intentionally, but you know not not intentionally just a crime of passion those sound effects of her vocal cords is crushing dude it it happens a couple of times it is that it's nearly the grudge sound that kind of death croak yeah uh but yeah i made a note on it uh for one of the later murders but you're absolutely right it is it's really good but it's also like man i'm not sure that's what choking sounds like but all right yeah I'll deal with it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's gruesome. I'll go with it that far. Uh, but yeah, so he buries her in the greenhouse. And it turns out, though, that it was the uh, assistant scientist lady who knocked her out when she showed up at the school, though, because she knew about the body at, uh, and, and knew that, you know, Yumi was sniffing around and she was trying to protect nishimura because you know again of an inappropriate relationship that you want to have as a child and is now pursuing as an adult and uh yeah so he nishimura kills her when she confesses her love and everything and this is the point where i started to think that maybe nishimura is kind of a jerk uh what with all the murdering yeah he just, you know, what I got from that, he wasn't even enthralled with Ami because he was kind of pissed because he found out that him and her and Yumi switched. So I think he yeah. had a thing with Yumi and he was. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. Um. Oh, here's that note I had about the choking sound that I like that it sounded like somebody was rolling a marble over their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um anyway so sendo and johnny walnuts arrive uh nishimura uh takes yumi by knife point then the cell phone rings with the one missed call ringtone and just all hell breaks loose in this scene where yumi busts free and runs off johnny walnuts gets stabbed uh sendo ends up fighting nishimura um nishimura runs but Sendo chases after him, and then they wrestle some more. But the sort of end of the scene and end of the road for Nishimura 
is that he gets Jeffrey Epstein by a bunch of rose vines or something, some CGI rose vines that come out of nowhere and grab him by the throat and jerk him back to a tree and strangle him to death. Yeah. Not not that bad, is, one miss call. Not, not, not that, that, that that was pretty great. You know that the, some of that CGI of the, the rose bush kind of dates it, and you know it's a TV budget CGI. They, they did they worked with what they had it. It still looks kind of good though. Yeah, it's not great, but again, like you said, this is Japanese TV. I'm 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 willing to roll with it if you're going to be ambitious. Um, and if it so, was a feature film. I probably have more issues with it to be honest. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, I mean, the whole thing looks like it's, you know, an episode of Press Your Luck from 1981. So, uh, like, how can you complain about the dodgy CGI? Uh, but, but before he dies, though, Derek, Nishimura says, There is another Skywalker. <laughs> there is a power broker. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And but what he actually says is the real devil has yet to be revealed. Uh, so we know that the show isn't quite over yet. Uh, we get back to the greenhouse where Johnny Walnuts is bleeding. Yumi only has three minutes left. So he, Johnny Walnuts is like, you have to dig your sister up. And then we get the zombie scene from the original movie redone. <laughs> totally. Up to and including, like, this this corpse comes out of the ground. It starts to choke Yumi. And this is where Johnny Walnuts is like, Ami, Ami, you sick-ass corpse. Don't do I this. Will, I will fuck you still. Yeah, I'm still into it. And then they, they end up uh, embracing. And while he's hugging her, like, part of her scalp peels off, like, yeah. from the original movie. Ugh. Yeah it's it's pretty good and uh uh then uh she just completely disappears like she yeah, collapses she yodas she yeah. jedis you know uh, right i'm far stronger than you could possibly imagine darth and leaves behind only a phone and then johnny walnuts collapses and then the we see the phone timer reach zero and sure enough yumi is okay like no no curse uh, comes for her and uh then there's like a, a nice moment where with Sindo and yumi where they're like you know we did it we solved the case we put ami to rest everybody's okay and even johnny walnuts might recover and so then we kind of jump forward a few days and Sindo gets a a posthumous letter from nishimura admitting like hey i yes a hundred percent i killed ami but uh i stayed at the school at, in this kind of personal hell because i got a letter you know one of those clipping letters out of the newspaper sort mm -hmm. of uh, hostage letters that's like hey i know what you did and if you don't keep that secret safe i'll reveal what you did and so he spent the past 10 years making sure that nobody finds out what happened to Ami. And Johnny Walnuts, meanwhile, wakes up and is like, I need to see Sindo. And Sindo rushes over to him and he says, well, here's what really happened that night. 
And yes, Ami went to the school in Yumi's place, but Yumi showed up later and uh at at the point like ami was the one who was in the closet and ran out but then when she was running by a classroom yumi grabs her and is like no 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 everything's gonna be cool but then when the real yumi runs out that's when nishimura gets hold of her so he ended up killing the real yumi but Ami saw this as an opportunity to shed the identity that she felt trapped in. So she decides she's going to live for as Yumi from then on. Cue the song music. Right. Yeah. The green light comes in and everything <laughs> looks like garbage. <laughs> uh, and then Johnny Walnuts coughs up some blood and dies. And we also learned, this is information that, sure would have been useful earlier but yumi when she disappeared her actual parents died in this mysterious car accident where they ran off a cliff and so sendo we get a little bit of of sendo walking down the hall of this police station kind of wondering like fuck did i just get completely had where this the actual Ami pretending to be Yumi was the one, you know, behind a lot of this, all of these murders and so forth. Clearly there was a ghost at work with Yumi, but as soon as they put the ghost to rest, Yumi's, you know, the real Ami is now free and clear. Yeah. It's, it's fucking crazy. Cause then you watch him, my mouth, whole mouth fucking started gaping. Cause I'm like, cause I'm thinking to myself, how did she know to dig there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know? And well, like, she probably watched all of this, right? Like from her, her vantage point in that classroom. Yeah, exactly. So I like this because it's like, oh, because she didn't get to see the videotape. So I'm like, why does she know where the yeah. dig is? You know, it's like, oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. And it all makes like enough sense, but there's also moments where you're like, why would she, why would Ami have like the thing with the serial killer? Like, why would, why would Yumi have helped Ami in that scenario? Like there's no reason for uh, other well, than, well, my thing, my thinking of that is Yumi wanted to kill her herself. Right. Sa- saving it for like, you can't kill her. I'm going to kill her. Um, yeah. And, and so the last moment of the show is Sendo walking to this elevator, kind of put, putting all the pieces together of, you know, Ami was the one behind this, the doors open and sure enough, there's Yumi slash Ami smiling at him and she walks forward, embraces him, but we see in the reflection of the elevator that she's got a knife behind her back and it's yeah it's kind of the end of pet cemetery it's kind of the end of basic instinct too. yeah yeah it very much so and yeah and then and then credits um and that's one missed call like it ends you know like you've got the answers to everything but it ends with just enough vagueness about what the ultimate fate of sendo was and that and that sort of thing like 
you know, this this show is real good about giving you a cliffhanger and then tacking on about five seconds uh, onto that cliffhanger uh, in the next episode to sort of explain why our heroes are able to get out just in time or something like that. Um, but you know, like you could kind of undo the implication that Ami is going to straight up murder Sendo at this point. Uh, but I like to believe that's what happened, that she's tying up loose ends, right? Like she's going to kill him and then nobody knows that Ami is still alive. Yeah. And now these, and then I want to say, because we didn't even mention it, the closing credits for each episode are the same. And, yo, it makes so much sense why they show those two twin girls. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these closing credits, Requiem, uh, that's how it starts every the end of every episode. Uh, yeah, it... Um, it definitely makes more sense conceptually when when you watch those closing credits with full knowledge of what the show is. More importantly, Derek, um, in terms of our journey through one missed call, like oddly, this this detour is longer than all three movies put together. Uh, is that right? It's right about that. No, it's definitely longer. Uh, yeah. Um, but. W- so where first of all how did you feel about it what did you like what was what was your ultimate takeaway from this show i i like the characters uh i liked the dynamic between them i loved how they where they went i loved the situations they got themselves into for the most part you know there's some sub stories like you know it's kind of like yeah we didn't need that but whatever i understand it because they're trying to do world building with the show it has good world building the show does and you're living to the world and i I did that about that you know and you know most of the the kills and stuff they're tv budgets and stuff and i like them for what they did you know like we said that dummy death when the tv studio scene oh it's so good amazing you know uh i dug it you know i dug the twists and turns i even liked the red herons even though it was a bunch of them I kind of like that because that's what I kind of wanted from One Miss Call 2, kind of. And this is like One Miss Call Part 2 redox for me. Yeah. A mixture of the original movie, kind of. Some some of the same kills done a little differently, too. Yeah, it, it's interesting, too. It does feel like somebody took the first movie and said, okay, now make this eight hours. Um, but did it in such a way that it, it, it makes this sort of weird procedural police drama coupled with the supernatural stuff, uh, you know, coupled with all these weird characters and that kind of thing. I really found it, um, for myself, incredibly charming mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Like you said, I think all the characters are uh, are quite good and more than anything else i think that's what pulled me through the whole season was how much i like sendo and yumi's you know banter and uh how much i just like his character that kind of you know all bark no bite kind of guy but at the end of the day does some heroic shit that really makes you root for him and um you know 
Johnny Walnuts was a little mopey uh, for my taste. All he did was walk around and be yeah, that, that, that That's probably some of the worst scenes because those are the scenes I kind of dragged because I'm like, I'm just following this guy who statutory raped a girl. <laughs> like, why do I care about him? So, all right, let me let me ask you two things. First of all, given given the three, you know, f- films and TV shows that we have seen so far, where would you rank this among those those three things? Um, you know, I, I would put it above one missed call two, and I would put it it's in the middle. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. Like, as long as it is, I still enjoyed it way more than I did one missed call too. Yeah, because, you know, it, it did kind of help that we did take a break from doing it in halves, too. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it did help in that sense. You know, it didn't just maybe if we binged this all and talked about it in, like, a three-hour episode, we'd be like, fuck this show at the end of the day. But we, I think the experience actually worked for its benefit, the way we actually cut it in half and talked about five episodes each episode, you know, but, uh, yeah, I dug it for what it was. I dug it. You know, it has some twin peaks elements to it that I like, especially with the red room characters. And uh, I love that those characters just came out of nowhere. Like, let's go fuck this ghost up. And, and then kind of disappear from the show. Yeah. But you know, I like their pluck. Um, if they did a like lone gunman style spinoff show, that's just, you know, this bar in the, uh, in the black lodge that everybody just hangs out in and tells their stories and Sendo shows up every now and again to almost get laid. Hell, they could even do a Tokyo, the Tokumiya watch show, and I would fucking watch that. You know, it would Dude. be like Tolchak the Night Stalker with the razor. You know? you, man, you were not kidding. I love those scenes so much. From the first time that they show up and Oyama stands up and is like, oh, did you bring my, like, you know, uh, Hakane Mitsu figurine to me or whatever? And she's like, no, weirdos. Hell, they can even bring him back as a ghost. Oh my be god, all good. it'd be great! Holy shit, do it uh, Insidious style, where like a couple of them, like he's their ghost sidekick solving mysteries. Yes, I am so into this. This is going to be a great show. Um, yeah. All right, so I, I agree with you on that. So the other question I want to ask you before we wrap up is. If some, based on what we've seen, if someone were to ask you, "Hey, should I watch the one miss called television series?" What do you tell them? I would honestly watch the first film first, sure. Then watch this show. Yeah, and be like, it's a longer, kind of lower budget version of the first movie. And don't go in expecting, uh, you know, it to be like full. Because, like we said, there's some scenes that do drag in the show, but you know, it kind of helps with the bad dub the subtitles that made it up for some of the scenes with the dragon. But uh, yeah, you know, I would say go into it with like mid expectations because you're not gonna expect anything too mind blowing. It's a TV show of a popular Asian 
Japanese horror film adaptation where, you know, it's going to go into certain elements of the movie, but it ends up becoming its own thing too. So, you know, just don't expect to see like the, the ghost from one missed call in this, uh, which we kind of thought was going to happen. Cause they're like, you know, I thought there's going to be more of like, it's going to be a sequel after one missed call too, but it ended up being its own thing, which I was kind of glad for at the end of the day. It's its own entity altogether, which I do like. So don't go and expect it in something to be like an exact copy of the first movie either in the same stance, you know? Yeah, it it feels like an interpretation of that original movie, uh, again, through the prism of, hey, how do you do this as a television series and, and make it, you know, palatable and also something that's, uh, you know, kind of tugging you along from episode to episode with these cliffhangers and building the mystery up and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I think there's a lot of asterisks uh that i would i would put behind the the recommendation like like you said you know it's japanese television it has a certain look it's a little a little goofy it it's certainly a little cheesy i highly recommend watching it with the subtitles that we watched it with uh which were just a scream sometimes like you always got the gist of it but sometimes the translation was just like too literal of of what the Japanese probably was. It's like I, I understand what you're saying, but that's not how you say it. <laughs> yeah, especially that one you posted the day on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh the the one from Shindo uh Arsendo about uh, uh uh her passing out. Um yeah, it's very funny. I can't even remember the exact line now, but it would God when I when I saw that I had to screenshot it. It really made me laugh. Um Anyway, it yeah, but but all that said, like I'm really glad. Once again, thank you to the listener uh, who who managed to get us uh, a line on this series. I'm so glad we did it. Um, Me too. You know, I was kind of skeptical at first. I'm like, "Why miss call a TV show? How's this going to work?" And I'm like, "I fucking enjoyed it." You know, so I'm kind of I'm glad I did it. And you know, hell yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm like. I have a little bit of an OCD completionist thing where I'm like, oh, well, if we're doing one missed call, we're doing all of one missed call. And and that means the television series, which we did not know existed until we started doing this. Uh, but now that it's behind us, I'm, I'm super happy that we spent uh, the time with it. But onwards we go, Derek, next, uh, not next week, two weeks from now. Um, we're going to be staring down the barrel of the final uh, entry into the One Miss Call series as of now, which is uh, One Miss Call Final, which apparently has, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, apparently some kids uh, running around on vacation or something. Who knows? Uh, we're getting, uh, getting all One Miss Called. Yeah, I call this one The Return of Mimico because... Uh... Like I said, she wasn't in the the TV series, uh, our ghost from the movies, you know, so I'm kind of glad to see her again. She's back in the saddle again. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be a a little bit of a return to form uh, and not, you know, dealing with three hours of television at a time uh, or more than that, isn't it? Uh, About four four hours, four and a half hours of TV uh, 
per episode. That's the kind of value you get here on Hero Your Go Show. We're not just talking about a movie. We're talking about half a season of a television show. Jesus Christ, people. Um, <laughs> and not asking for a thin dime. Uh, Derek, here's what I'm going to ask you, though, is where can people hear more from you um, and and potentially uh, where can they, you know, curse you? Sure. Uh, you could find me on my main show, Cinema Attack, which actually, sh- by the time you hear this and uh, maybe a little bit after you hear this, actually, should have its own separate feed, but we have a few episodes up on Dark Discussions right now. Uh, but we're making a new podcast and feed because we are actually going indie with that show. I'm very excited about that. Uh, it's a big step for us, but, you know, I get to control a lot more things with that, you know? Yep, going going all old school, going independent, putting up the pirate flag, setting sail. I like it. Uh, yeah, uh, very excited, and and by all means um be sure to uh to let me know and and post when you get that new those new feed links let's make sure that we've got them spread around yeah for sure you know and also you know sidetracked with that i also have there here which you could find on the cut to the chase feed that's actually a brand new feed there we actually recorded our last episode on exists and catcher kill release uh which is on there and uh, it was a fun episode really good discussion uh, catch or kill the release, man. You were right about that movie. Wow. Yeah, but, right. Uh, yeah, that, that that bitch was psycho. Man, <laughs> that is a... such a good performance for like a a low budget indie film. One of yeah. the best, like you know, holy shit, she's really good. Uh, kind of performances. Yeah, especially that cat scene. But we'll, we'll get into that yeah. some other time, folks. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know, but uh, in the course, uh, no more room in hell. Uh, with the infamous Mike Merriman and Mr. Venom, you can find that show. I think it's still on dark discussions at the moment, but uh, yeah, look for that there. And uh, you can check me out on Legion with the my back catalog of underwater kaijus from outer space stuff because I'm not sure when that show's actually coming back, if any, because of uh, personal reasons. Sure, sure, but, uh, sure. You know, but uh, that's about it for me right now, Bo few guest spots here and there Uh, it's not nearly enough Derek. you need to be doing more um (laughs) i like to encourage someone to to reach uh, a level of productivity that actually generates smoke oh actually i actually forgot one i actually forgot i created a new show oh for the love of you know (laughs) because well i gotta i gotta i gotta pimp it out because let's hear it it's it's legion (laughs) podcast patreon exclusive Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blood from the core. Uh, me and Mr. Gary Hill, we're going to be, uh, if you subscribe to the Legion Patreon, uh, we're going to be covering New York-based horror slash thriller films. Uh, the first episode, which I'm, I'm not sure if it's on there yet. It should be out soon. Yeah, coming uh, soon. It, it, like there, Yes, yes. That is, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the first episode we cover uh, Michael Winner's The Sentinel. Yeah. So yeah, check that out and subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah. Uh, I look. I gotta say, since you brought it up, Derek, uh, that that Patreon, uh, it's like two bucks to get in on the Legion Patreon. No, we're not asking that much, people. Uh, you can pay a little more if you want. I'm not saying you can't, but you don't have to. 
Uh, but if you're uh, over there on the Patreon, you're getting uh, there's like early access to a bunch of the shows. Um, there's exclusive shows. There's an exclusive video show that I do uh, called the Ouija Experiment Experiment. That's all about movies with Ouija in the title. Uh, that seemed like such a good idea when we started and um yeah like a brand new podcasts that are exclusive to the patreon feed um from you know from yourself from ricky from gary uh from from i think x has some exclusive stuff there hard to keep up at this point man there's so much new shit um on the patreon that it has become like an incredible value proposition where you get a lot of great stuff over there. Yeah. You know, and plus I got to listen to the, well, it's out regularly today, but I actually got to listen to the new pick six movies yesterday because, uh, it was on the Patreon feed and, uh, you know, I love that you made the beat Jerry Seinfeld the whole episode. It's yes, that was, that was, a, a, an early decision in the discussion of the, this movie was, Hey, uh, it pretty much went like this. So all the different animals this season are going to have a different voice. Yes, for sure. Uh, so for B movie for the for the, the swarm, hey, wasn't Jerry Seinfeld in B movie? Uh huh. All right, that's done. That's pretty much how it goes at the old Pick Six Labs. Is is what what about this? Is this stupid? All right, let's do it. Um. But yeah, uh, the swarm episode I think is pretty funny. That that was a lot of fun to do because I love yelling at things like Michael Caine. It's it it's become a, a real problem around the house. Is is me just you know telling people look here, General, uh, doing that is so much fun. At yeah. any rate, uh, so thanks for mentioning the Patreon. It's uh you know patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcast. If you want to go over there and get some. Uh, some exclusive stuff for only a couple of bucks a month. Uh, again, we really appreciate pays for server costs and all that kind of thing. Uh, if you want to hear more out of me, the the uh, aforementioned pick six movies you can find over at uh, legionpodcast.com, uh, along with the other show I do with my pal Duncan McLeish uh, called Duncan Bow Come Correct. This, uh, this well, I was going to say season, but it's been a couple of seasons now of – uh, looking at the television show Slasher, oh. and uh, the show is very, very silly, which leads to Duncan and I doing a lot of dumb voices and making each other laugh, <laughs> and uh, it's a pretty good time, I have to say, uh, that show. Uh, and, and as it happens, um, just a little heads up, that show has been running for almost seven years. And I just was able to dig out of the archives the first four episodes of that show that haven't been available for a long time. And, uh -huh. and so over the next uh, week or two weeks uh, after hearing this, if you're a fan of Duncan Boat Come Correct and never heard the super early episodes where maybe the audio ain't so good and we don't really know what we're doing, uh, that that will soon be available for you. Um but more importantly, folks, thanks for listening to Hero Hero Go Show. If you would, uh, if you don't mind, uh, hit the share button on your podcast catcher of choice. That is really the best way uh, to advocate and help the show is uh, just to tell your friends because they'll believe you more than me that it's a pretty good show. 
So, uh, yeah, uh, hit the share button, let people know you're listening to the show and, uh, and, and we certainly appreciate it. Like the, the listenership has been going up and I really appreciate it. And, and I really, again, appreciate the fact that our listeners care enough that they're like, you want to, you want to see some shit? Here's the whole series. So again, thank you for that. Next, uh, next episode, the end of one missed call. Uh, so until then, uh, thanks again, Derek, say goodnight to everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. See you next time.